0: Let's do it.
1: What's going on, everybody? It has been a while for Short Bus Cinema, but, uh, you know, we decided to uh, get back together and just expose you to some more, what's the word, terribleness? (laughs) Some more crap. Uh, (laughs) So if you have not heard us before, I am one of your co-hosts, Rick Morgan, and with me is uh, the connoisseur, the bus driver himself, Mr. Johnny Crew, what
2: is up, my brother? What is up, dude? It is awesome to be back. I am stoked for today's episode. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and have my name changed temporarily to Bim for the day, <laughs> which I'm I'm still
1: I think I know what it means, but uh, we'll we'll discuss that as we go along. So uh, if you haven't seen the reports, it, actually, Johnny, I mean a lot has happened. We haven't recorded anything since uh, April, I think, the end of April. I think it's when we stopped. Oh, yeah. I kind of got busy with everyday life stuff. And then, you know, somebody in this group, you know, had some bigger life changes going on. A lot of relocation and and uh, marriage.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I have gotten married. Um, his name is Bim, and uh, he makes me happy, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're very happy. Uh,
1: um, <laughs> except, when and, this, uh, except when this happens. my car-
2: you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> Oh man that, that sound clip will never get old ever
1: <laughs> So folks we are talking about uh, the the incredible canon production which is known as the Apple. I had never I had never seen this before till about a year ago. And was absolutely floored by this movie. So it is, uh, it is 100% short bus material. Uh, ironically, Johnny knows this movie as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know this movie from uh, years and years ago. Rift Tracks did this movie, and I never heard of it before that. And for the longest time, I kind of put it off to the side just because I hadn't. With a movie titled like The Apple, it doesn't really, I don't know, that doesn't draw me in right so uh i I immediately thought it was gonna be some movie about like new york or something or i don't know and uh when i eventually sat down and watched the riff tracks for it man i was cracking up dude this (laughs) this movie is this movie is what shows like mystery science theater riff tracks were made for absolutely Um, what shows like short bus were made for (laughs) man because um this movie you can watch it and You might be able to summarize it a little bit for somebody, but I don't know. Your summary is going to be lacking. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a different kind of bad. Uh, There's
1: Battlefield Earth kind of bad, and then there's this kind of bad, which is way more terrible in a way, but you can't quit watching it for some reason, (laughs) you know? It's <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. So, anyways, we'll get to all that when we jump into this. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Get out of the way.
0: All I know is today's October the thirty first. Thirty one backwards is thirteen. It's Friday. It's Halloween. It's the thirteenth anniversary of the more killings. It's a crazy loose. It's
1: prom night. Hi, this is Tracy Savage. Debbie from Friday the 13th, part three. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? Every episode, we celebrate a classic slash movie, such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, and uh, Crazy Fat Ethel 2. The hysteria continues, bringing slash with Panache since 2011. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all good podcatchers.
0: You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, The Doomsday Clock. You can extract The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for W-Y-C-H on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Tune in and on your Android device which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break!
2: And now for our feature presentation. And we're back with the Apple from 1980. The IMDb score for this is a very generous 4.3 stars. What, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, before we get into this movie, I will say I have friends who honestly like this movie. like. I think they hold it up there with like you know Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat and like shock treatment but uh yeah so this movie has a has a fan base I don't know if it did when it, it originally came out but I know now it kind of does sure
1: and I totally get that because I'm I'm really kind of on the fence with it too it's it's like it's that, like I said earlier it's 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 so bad you end up kind of loving it for some reason
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, the movie stars Catherine Mary Stewart, who a lot of you will probably know. She was in Night of the Creeps, yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. She, she's been in a lot of other things. The weird thing about her in this movie Night, Night of the Comet. is she doesn't look like herself. Oh, what did I say? Night of the Creeps. Oh, yeah, Night of the Comet. I'm sorry. Right. She was a Night <laughs> of the Lepus, and she played a rabbit. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just doesn't look like herself in this movie. I don't know if it's just because she was so young when she did this. Yeah but uh, did you think she looked at anything like she did in you know like movies five years down the line
1: Well it's the straight hair you know I think that's a lot of it uh, new to the scene and, and just the long straight hair and, and it's 1980 so by the time you get to 85 a lot of things changed you know the, the I always I think of her in like a uh, last starfighter that's kind of the look
2: I'm familiar with oh, okay. so. uh, the movie also stars George Gilmore and he only did this I uh, didn't see anything else in his um, IMDB credits, but the movie was written and directed by Menahem. I think they call him Menaheim, but it says Menahem yeah. Golan, who owned he was one half of Golan Globus, who owned Canon Films in the 80s, and he, he directed, like, I think 50 movies, but most notably he did Delta Force with Chuck Norris, and the movie that single handedly sank yeah. <laughs> Canon Films over the top was Stallone. Yeah. Which if, if you if anybody out there hasn't seen the documentary, it was on Netflix. It's called Electric Boogaloo, yes. the story of Canon Films. It's amazing. It's it's a <laughs> it's a great. It's one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. And they have a whole section actually on this movie, The Apple, in it. Yeah. But they go through the whole story of um, the whole story of over the top, you know, and one day we'll probably get to that movie as well. but <laughs> it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't checked it out.
1: Yeah, Electric Boogaloo is just absolutely amazing, and and I think it may be what drew me to actually want to check this movie out because, you know, they were talking to the, the 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 cast and they were like, yeah, we thought we were making the next big blockbuster musical, and lo and behold, it
2: <laughs> oh yeah, there's an interview on there with uh with the main actress, and she says something to the effect of like how naive they were at the time to not realize how sexually, <laughs>
0: like, oh yeah,
2: o- overt the lyrics were. <laughs> which is funny because you watch it now and it's just like, how did they not see it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll but, uh, definitely talk about that. <laughs> so, so this movie, it takes a quick synopsis is it takes place in 1994, <laughs> which, which is great because, you know, the height of grunge, this, this is really funny. If you think about it in juxtaposition, um, you got half the people dressed like, you know, a bunch of spandex extras from cats with uh, <laughs> triangles on their face and then you know the other half of 94 is people in flannel
1: it's it's amazing because you know we're going to make a movie about the music industry in the future but it's only 14 years from now <laughs> it's like what <laughs> I mean, if you're really going to set your goals, 14 years is not a very long span. but um, And that's kind of where this thing kicks off. It's supposed to be in the future of 1994 from a 1980 perspective. So really kind of the 70s mentality, but looking ahead at the 90s. And this thing opens up, and it looks like if, if Roger Corman was going to shoot a concert setting, that's what this thing looks like, man. <laughs> Lots of uh, hologram or holographic... Stickers everywhere, lots of plexiglass, uh, instruments that don't look like instruments. They're really trying to push this futuristic thing. And we get to meet, uh, the singers that are performing the first song, which is Pandy and Dandy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the opening I'm glad so- you got names because, oh, like, okay. a lot of names didn't stick with me besides the main people in this. Oh, yeah.
1: Pandy and Dandy, uh, is a singing duo. Um, and this is all about basically kind of like what, what uh, Phantom of the Paradise is about. It's about the music industry and how it ruins people and controls everything. And in this case, it's even more kind of like it is now. It's stretching the boundaries here of how far you can take the importance of music and how it can run everything, even politics. And uh, so that's kind of the spirit of this whole thing. And we get this opening song, man. And uh, Johnny and I sing this all the time, but it kind of goes like this. I I I to
2: the <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I tell everybody at work when I'm leaving the room. I'm like, I'm going to take a B.M. <laughs> Going to do a BM <laughs> <laughs> This big opening track called the the BM,
1: the B I M. And that's what they're spelling. B I M. It's like do you wanna tell us what that actually is? I mean you're you're singing about this thing,
2: but do the Bim? What is exactly the Bim? Well, and at this point, every single person in the audience is like so on board with this. I mean, yeah, people are just you think Bim is like this, like the next big celebrity, like coming to the stage, and it turns out Bim never shows up. Bim's <laughs> on his way.
1: <laughs> And you got, like I said, futuristic instruments up on the stage, especially if you're, like, from the Muppet Show. (laughs) They really look like instruments from, like, the Muppet Show. (laughs) You got aluminum foil all over the stage for decorations. And these these outfits that, that Pandy and Dandy are wearing, man. I mean, come on. It it looks like Flesh Gordon. Not Flash Gordon, Flesh Gordon outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude's got a, you know, an ice skate on the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So they're dancing around and singing this song with authority. And uh in the song lyrics, man, come on. I mean we just heard the opening of it, which is kind of a chanting kind of thing, getting everybody involved. But listen to these lyrics, man, they don't worry about rhyming. Nothing. And I have to say, and this, this is really what's going to be driving this whole movie, because the movie's crap, <laughs> but these songs are even greater crap. <laughs> these are some of the worst songs in a musical I've ever heard. Uh, here's a prime example of some lyrics. There ain't no good. I mean it could could be anywhere it's like we don't worry about rhyming there is no pain there is no chewbacca there is no motor there There is is no steak (laughs) there is no broccoli
2: (laughs) oh yeah i i wonder if you know like half the stuff was like i wonder if the music was written and they just yeah just ad lib it it's almost like they told them to just like like riff off each other yeah uh, it's just it's 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 a sight to behold, people.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And while this performance is going on, we get introduced to our real antagonist of the show. So we get to see Mr. Boogalow come in. I don't even know how you even describe this guy. It's like Terrence Stamps' brother.
2: He's almost like the stereotypical skinny guy with the pencil mustache and the the, the goatee thing right. that would portray the, the devil back in older movies. Oh, but, yeah. But with like a super... Like a super flamboyance about him. Right. Yeah. Flamboyance. That's
1: the word. Until you talk about the next person we meet, which is Shake, which is the Grace Jones wannabe that's <laughs> following him around everywhere. That's flamboyant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet them. They're they're walking into a the production booth of this concert that's going on. Apparently, this is some big worldwide concert that's being shown around the world. It's almost like a contest. It's almost like American Idol that's going on right here, but it's worldwide. They walk into this in the booth which they're controlling, and Mr. Bugalo, they are measuring the popularity of the performance based on the crowd's vitals. I mean, it's like we've got 150 heartbeats. I'm like, man, there's. You know, there's 3,000 people
2: out there. What, how does that make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is is um, his assistant that comes in pretty much walks into this room and tells him, like, explains the whole system and, you know, yeah. how many heartbeats they need and everything. And then in the next scene when they switch performers – he, he's like, what's going on with the machine? Like, It's like he forgot everything he just monologued in the scene right, before. exactly.
1: And then it switches back to, to Pandy and Dandy singing their song. And they've even like, at this point, they're like, screw lyrics. We know we're not good at lyrics, so now we'll just make sounds. Which kind of sounds like this. <laughs> I mean, come on, man.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like one of those keyboards when you like program the dogs barking. There's like
1: <laughs> and the faces they're making when they're saying this too because they're just going. Hey, hey. And at this point, because of how incredible this song is, after all the non-verbal sounds we're hearing, Mr. Bugalo plans to make this, the Bim song, the number one song in the world. So that's the plan. This is going to be the next big Macarena or Whip and Nene or <laughs> whatever you want <laughs> take your pick. And uh, while this discussion is going on, they move on to the next act, which is Alfie and Bibi. This is a total change of gear. It's amazing that. Uh, you know, they thought that the song that Pandy and Dandy are doing, the Bim song, is so futuristic sounding. <laughs> so we go back to this this song, which is Alfie and Bibi, which really sounds like a, I don't know, it's like Air Supply meets, I don't know, Carly Simon. The Carpenters? Yeah, it's got a very, it's, and the song's <laughs> called The uh, Love, The Universal Melody. <laughs> and I, I wrote in here. It says, sounds what? like the Growing Pains theme
2: song. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty great because it's it's super mellow, but it's angering the audience to the point of almost like <laughs> retaliation. People are like,
0: "What is this?
2: Yeah. You get freaking out? Hey, do the bam?" <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the guy who's at every concert that yells "Free Bird," it <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh, man.
1: But, yeah, the crowd is split, and then the ladies start going, Shut up. I'm trying to listen. It's so beautiful. So they start having a problem. Well, let's, let's do a little soundbite of that song. It, it's very, very hippie lyrics.
0: You're the light within my dark. It's a love song. To me in Do the Shut yeah. up! Do <laughs> You <my laughs> better go back to miss you You're the reason <laughs> that I'm singing.
1: What would you do baby without love Exactly I mean it's it's one of those it's one of those things we've heard a thousand times but It's kind of making a point here. And the lyrics of this thing, too, get a little squirrely as it goes along, too. You know, what happens is you start having a reaction, right? You start to have the crowds getting won over, and all of a sudden this song gets up to 151 heartbeats, which is higher than the BIM song got. So just like we do in politics, you know we end up uh, wrecking the system or rigging the system so they don't win. Actually, they throw this red cassette in. And uh, what it does, it starts making high-frequency noises while they're playing live, and it makes the crowd start reacting the wrong way, and all their vital signs go back down. And that's how the Bim song wins. So there you go. There's a background on the evil that's going on in the music industry here. One thing they got right, though, in this movie, I mean, the cars look like Roger Corman cars. where They took an old 50s and 60s cars and just welded stuff to them and put a new paint job on them. Like, Like giant boobs to the top? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. But uh, the hair coloring, man, is right on target with right now, because everybody's got Kool-Aid in their hair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you looked out in the crowd, and there's people with orange and red hair and blue streaks, and I'm like, wow, they, they kind of nailed this. This song is kind of what this whole movie is going to be about, because you're going from the industry to the death of uh, love and unity, Right the 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 hippie generation hit hit which plays into the story a little later on in a weird, very weird <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> uh, at this point, the crowd starts booing the singers, and then Bibi runs off the stage, and then you get this weird scene where afterwards, Mister Bugalo is a, is approached by the press, and one guy even questions him about the whole thing being rigged. And Boogalow tells him, "Ah, oh, you'll you'll be unemployed tomorrow if you run that story." So Bugalo is running everything. He's uh, he's kind of the 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 overall imagery. Matter of fact, he starts saying that Bim is going to be so big that the health industry is going to start using that song as like a workout song. <laughs> 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 Which plays into after a while, dude, I just... Yeah, well, uh, to you got to go to the gymnasium. <laughs> go it's going <laughs> to crack me up, man. Uh, so after this, we go to an after-show party where the where Alfie and Bebe get invited. And Alfie don't want to go because he's very anti-establishment, right? He's still got that hippie kind of heart. At this point is when... Uh, They're pushing the whole BIM idea. Again, you're left in the dark here. You really have no idea what they're talking about. But they start making these little triangles that's called a BIM mark. And you wear them on your face or on your ears or on your clothes. They're like little stickers is all they are. And they put it into law that out on the streets, if you're not wearing one, you get arrested or get fined. So it's it's that kind of ridiculousness with this. BIM is so big that you have to wear an emblem of it all the time or you get fined by the police. At the party, you get Dandy, uh, who starts kind of making a move on Bibi. Which is our our main singer that 's singing with Alfie a while ago, and then Pandy is kind of look eyeball Alfie, so it 's almost like they were set up to try to
2: coerce these people
1: to join the team, you know, become the bim family
2: yeah well i mean and it seems like there there's immediately more of an interest in in her than there is in him,
1: oh yeah, absolutely, and I love the fact that uh Boogalow never can remember Moose Jaw, which is where these people are from. They come from somewhere in Canada, supposedly. Uh, they came from moose jaw, and uh, it, it, they have they say moose jaw like I don't know thirty times in this little section of film right here. Uh, Dandy ends up taking BB up on the roof uh, to kind of show it around, and uh, and he just basically says, uh, "Here, take one of these.
2: What is it? It's a pill. It won't hurt you, though."
1: <laughs> For as guy, naive
2: as they are, they just kind of go along with everything.
1: I just met this guy just a few seconds ago. Uh, he's walking me around and giving me some drugs. Yeah, sounds safe. <laughs> and then after that, he uh, he makes his move, and they're in, in a kiss, and the crowd is underneath, and they can see him up on the roof. And they start laughing at him, which is the weirdest thing ever.
2: Oh, well, look at them! Oh, oh, oh. You know, it's like, what? I thought that scene was really weird, because... I don't know, like, and obviously they don't show them looking up at them, like, like where you can visibly see them. Right. But it looks like they were shot in like two different, like, on two different continents. Like, it's like one of them's shot on a roof, and and the other, the other scene is in this like really well lit area. Uh, but then uh, Dandy, while he's making his move, breaks out in a song, and it's
1: a catchy little song. It kind of goes like this. And uh, what's weird is everybody at the party that we're laughing at are now dancing to this song And one of the weirdest Rocky Horror Picture-looking
2: dance scenes I've ever seen. Well, it's did you so notice that, that that the guys and the girls are dancing together in the background, and it's yeah. like the women's bodies are limp and the guys are dragging them like yeah, corpses? exactly. It's really <laughs> weird. Yeah, very strange.
1: I'd say there's two or three songs in here that are actually, you're like, okay. This song's kind of catchy. Then Alfie uh, sees sees them up on the roof, and and Dandy's giving her a kiss. So uh, uh, he gets pissed off and leaves. You would think that'd be the end of it, right? Nope, because the next morning they have a meeting at Bougalo's office, which I, I and this is where I'm trying to put it together for the BIM thing. I think it's Bougalo. I don't know, industry of music or something like that. It's on the sign outside, and I think that's what the BIM is supposed to mean. Because that's the only time it's ever referenced of what it actually is. I'm taking a stab here, folks. I don't know. If you do know, let me know. You're probably I have, right. I have no idea what a BM is. But I do know that, that triangle was on the side of the building. And it said like Boogaloo, something other, you know. It, it just doesn't make sense. It seems like it would be BMI, which it probably is
2: making fun of. Oh, I didn't think about that. It probably is. But, if I mean, if you come at it from a different angle, it's more like BM. <laughs> that's
1: very true. Uh, so, anyways, we, we get into the lobby of this building, which is obviously just an airport lobby. That's just, uh, I don't know if they just had a day off or what, but there's. It's like a circus sideshow. It is so crazy. So, they go to sit down and they meet this guy, and he says this Hi. What are you, a clown? Diagloff Oh, Dick Diagloff from
0: Kansas City, manager of Ballet Two Thousand. <laughs>
2: Ballet Two Thousand, Diagloff. Diagloff. Huh. Dick Diagloff. It's like it's like he sounds like he's he's like half talking like the Swedish Chef and like half using a real name. Diagloff. <laughs> <Yob-yob. laughs> oh. No, and uh, here is where we get. The worst
1: singing performer of the bunch, man. Mr. Bougalow, I know they got him because he kind of looks sinister, kind of devilish, but on a French kind of side, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he starts singing, and I swear, man, I mean, he starts singing terribly, and... There's temp dancing going on on the tables that are out of time with the song. The song is about as bad as it can get, man. This this song is absolutely terrible. (laughs) It changes tempos in the middle of it,
2: and it's just a train wreck, man. I like in the song too all the things that are going on like there's a there's a scene where like a full grown man walks behind a statue and comes out as a midget
1: <laughs> yeah he's like see the incredible shrinking man when all no, this dancing is going on and it's just it's just a train wreck man this thing is just it's annoying believe oh no 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 no! so easily
0: deceived this is the actual song like from earlier baby, watching magic so tragic the is For <laughs> <laughs> the sports life, we for the call. business. That? terrible. It's
2: Was that Paul McCartney there at the end? It sounded like Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, you I'm so sorry, Uncle Albert.
1: Oh man! The first time I watched this, I almost had to turn it off because I was just like, I can't even focus on what's going on because it's just too much crap, and his singing is just atrocious. Anyways, it cuts out of that and it goes straight to Alfie and BB going into Bougoula's office to sign contracts. Uh, but Bugalo Be- uh, uh, wants to sign them individually. He don't want to sign them as a duo. He wants them separate. And, of course, they question that. And Beebe's all set to go, man. She's ready to do this. They've got the press rating already to talk to them. They're already selling the first albums and all that stuff. So she's on board. She's already signing. Alfie's like, no, man,
2: I want to read this contract. Well, like in the middle of reading the contract, it, it turns into like – Earthquake 2000 in there.
1: Huge earthquake and people freaking out. And it's supposed to be a thing where it's just like a premonition. And Alfie's like, did y'all not see that? And everybody's just looking at him. He's all freaking out. And they're trying to get him signed again. And then, like I said, the, 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 the storm happens. And then it cuts to Hell.
2: I'm guessing, yeah, it's like a firestorm. <laughs>
1: right. He goes, look over there. And he looks out the window, and all of a sudden, there's all these flames. And, and then it cuts to, I guess they're supposed to be in a hell. And Alfie and Bibi are dressed like Adam and Eve, I guess, because they're scandalously clad. It's amazing that they do more of a job of covering up the ladies than they do the dudes. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Pandy, man, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that little G-string thing he's wearing is just like, uh, did you agree to this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So they're just like, they're just like Adam and Eve. And then there's these guys with werewolves masks that are dressed like, you know, gay bikers from a bar. Yeah. but They're they were like leather these- <laughs> daddies
2: with like werewolf heads.
1: Yeah. And like I said, Dandy's in his banana hammock over here. And uh, Pandy's looking like Donna Summer. Oh, yeah. And there and then there's the apple, right? What this has all come down to, why this movie is called The Apple. So we're starting to put some pieces together here. And also, I want to say, Mr. Mister Bougalow looks like a half a devil. He's got one horn coming out of one side of his head. Yeah, uh, what's up with that? <laughs> and glitter in his beard and mustache. And obviously, that's what they're trying to make him out to be. And then also... Uh, Shake! It looks like a snake. Oh, uh, how how
2: pretentious that the name rhymes, right? Oh, dude. Well, uh, Bugalo, he looks like he has like a uh, I don't know, like a bugle chip on his head. <laughs> Oh, and there, This movie, surprisingly, this movie has a lot of biblical references. Like, oh, yeah. it's very, like, and it, and it tries to. It's not like it's something you you have to read into it. I mean, the movie is very, like, yeah, the Garden of Eden and, and, like, good and evil. Obviously, the evil is the, the music industry. And, and the good,
1: we haven't really figured out yet. It's supposed to be wholesome-hearted, <laughs> good people, I guess. So, um at the scene, we're all standing here on this big cliff in hell with everybody dressed up like, you know, like I said, a gay bar or whatever. Uh, this is where they
2: bring out the actual apple, and it's like cantaloupe size. <laughs> it's, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters would be spitting it on their fingers. <laughs> and then we get the, uh, well, we get this that brings it out.
0: Bring the hors d'oeuvre. Yes. Our special hors d'oeuvre. My special hors d'oeuvre. The apple.
2: Bring the master special hors d'oeuvre.
0: The apple. <laughs> Bring him out the special hors d'oeuvre. The apple. <laughs> I, uh, I
2: feel a mad idea if I were at a party and the, the hors d'oeuvre were apples.
1: I mean, this is the kinds of scenes that you have, man. Bring out my hors d'oeuvre. Bring the hors d'oeuvre. I need the hors d'oeuvre. The apple. Bring in the hors d'oeuvre. The apple. Bring the hors Yeah, that's apples. Then they all start yelling, taste it, taste it, taste it. It's just like, come on, guys. Did y'all even get together and rehearse this? Because this is terrible. <laughs> uh, oh, so they're, man. They want her, her to bite the apple, and Alfie tries to stop her, and then Pandy gets his attention. Then we get the song that really gets stuck in your head. It is a hundred percent, hundred and twenty percent terrible. <laughs> it's, it gets stuck in your head so bad. It's just absolutely amazing, and it's the song about the apple, and it kind of goes like this: Magic apple,
0: mystery apple, take a little ride. Let me be your guide through the apple paradise. <laughs> Man, I love
1: this part, man.
0: It's a natural, natural, natural desire. Need an actual, actual, actual Boy, vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Let me upset your soul. I mean, on fire, fire, fire. you'll be hypnotized and you'll be demonized. But you'll you be, be paralyzed, so you're gonna surprised.
2: realized, and you have seven eyes. Eat burgers and fries. <laughs> so it's just whatever, dude. <laughs> you put anything in there. <laughs> happy apple, Slammy apple, Slammy apple, happy apple. <laughs> what I, I like to though in most movies like this, when they're singing a song and it's you know you realize the person is evil and the, but they're, but the person they're trying to sell on you know selling their soul or whatever they're they're doing it in a way where you know it's kind of. Mysterious, and they're singing it. In it. This guy's like voodoo apple, and you're gonna meet a real vampire. <laughs> meet a natural, actual, actual
1: vampire. <laughs> and I love it too, because when he says that, this cross eyed vampire pops up on the screen. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's- let's do a bunch of drugs, write a musical. And we'll see what it all means when we get done.
2: You, you know what I wonder? I wonder because the director Minaham, uh Golem, uh, Golan. I, I wonder if he, there was like some kind of disconnect between. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, don't mention a better movie while we're talking about this. <laughs> I, I just I don't. There had to be some kind of like like cultural disconnect because I feel like. I I don't know. It's it's hard to say that because everybody went along with it. Well, it's (laughs) because on some level it's like, well, oh yeah, obviously this didn't translate to screen very well, but but no, everybody went along with it.
1: Well, I mean that's the story of Canon, though. I mean they threw a bunch of money at you and you just said okay, and you didn't even worry about the project (laughs) because you were getting paid healthy healthy. So it's uh, yeah, I mean. That's what I wonder. It's like, did you guys even look at the dailies of this thing when you were making it? Did somebody say, yeah, this looks great? Oh, no.
2: No way. <laughs> so, well, she signs the contract, and basically he goes off on his own.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's still at the point of he, he runs out. The door guards are standing there, and they've got werewolf teeth. So that's where you get the imagery. So now you're starting to see... Is it reality that's kind of going on? Are these are they really this? Was he seeing you know something we weren't seeing? Uh, BB chases after him, but Danny stops him and says hey, he's not your master. <laughs> and BB is now in the in the Bim family. <laughs> and uh, here's where we get the uh, the crappy Boogaloo song number two. Uh, where he says, uh, <laughs> "I know how to be a master." <laughs> oh my gosh, this is this is the worst song in the movie to me by far. And it's oh, the, it's reggae. Yeah, it's like a
2: reggae it's song.
1: Reggae, but this guy cannot sing. And uh, yeah, here's here's a touch of that.
0: Why am I the darling of
1: the beam elite? Why does everyone fall
0: <laughs> at my feet? Could it be cause I'm so sincerely sweet? Yes, I know how to be a master. Ooh, uh, Cultivate the need. Uh, Rap them by the greed. Ooh, uh, Slaves are guaranteed. Ooh, uh, when you know how to be a master. Master. Oh,
2: I'm man. gonna say right now, man, like if I wanna hear if I want hear Bill Lugosi's reggae album. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I was thinking Booberry from the General Mills cereals.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that works. He kind of had that voice too, or maybe Frankenberry. I don't know. You know what was. Is he, is he saying master or monster?
0: Monster. Right.
1: <laughs>
2: Well, oh, <laughs> the reason man. I ask is because uh, we were watching this movie, and it's it's pretty uncomfortable with this, you know, old white dude singing about being a master <laughs> or whatever to these two two black people. What was going on? <laughs> <laughs> but what you're getting here is a montage
1: scene of them grooming BB to be the next big star. So you've got an exercise scene where she's she's trying to do like sit ups and stuff and they're just hovering over her and singing the song about being a master. Then we get her first big hit single. Which is almost Th- this, a- this
2: is when this is when she reemerges as Fer- as Fergie, right? Fergie
1: <laughs> Pretty much.
2: She looks just like Fergie, man.
1: Yeah. This song is uh Just as bad as the last one. (laughs) It's all about speed.
2: 1994 oh, for you folks <laughs> for the 80s perspective. That's hey, 1994. You know what came out? You know what came out in 1994? Speed, Speed! <laughs> with Dennis Hopper <laughs> and uh, Keanu. Wow. Look at that. This movie They were ahead of their time. It
1: was way ahead of its time. <laughs> There's a bomb on the bus today, and we gotta get it out right away. We gotta get calories for some speed.
0: The speed will be notable, or you'll be explodable.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Krabby Hopper. This is Slabby Hopper. Oh man. Uh, Sandra Bullock, bunch of bullocks. <laughs> it was a bunch of bullocks. Uh, I don't even know what this means, but it, on my page it just says girls on Corman bikes. <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't know if I remember oh, that. Okay.
1: It's, the, oh, okay. No. Oh, no. This, uh, this, this is all the people in the... In the working out, right? Well, this, oh, no, it's all the ones when she's singing Speed. And they're all back there on the motorbikes and stuff. And there are all those Corman bikes that where they just weld in oh, the front. Yeah. On so we go out of Speed into this lady walking down the street. And the cop stops her. She doesn't have a bin mark. Writes her ticket.
2: And... Uh, this is a a weird. She's a very stereotypical Jewish, yeah, like like New York type woman. Yeah, and what
1: a weird setup right here because she she comes into the apartment and she wakes up Alfie and he slept late again and I'm going, well, is this his mom? Is this the new girlfriend? What the heck's going they never on? Never explain here? it. Yeah, well, she's the landlord, but does she live in the same room with him? I don't get it. Well, then he grabs her knockers. <laughs> yeah, I know. He jumps up and reaches from behind her. I'm like, what? what is going on here? This is the weirdest scene. But it's all about him writing these new songs and trying like, to sell them so he can make some money to pay her the rent. But she's obviously in there with him all the time.
2: Yeah, like I don't know how he's paying us rent, but they have a pretty relationship. <laughs> Uh, at this point, this is where he's uh,
1: trying to write better songs. And from a music perspective, I say this song right here is probably the better written song that's in this movie. Very Paul McCartney ish. Uh, here's a sample of that. Now
0: they came out already with oh, a sorry. New tax.
1: What new tax? Ah,
2: some shit you go to the post office and you wear it on your face.
1: Oh, <laughs> the bin I'm not
0: going to wear one. They'll
2: arrest you.
0: <laughs> Let them. Listen, I'll. Why don't you write the kind of shit they like so you can
1: suck? Amy, what you owe me? <laughs> I mean, she's got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was saying, that, that was the obviously the landlady there, and trying to set him straight on what he needs to do. Uh, and like I said, this next song is, is very beatle or Billy joel Or maybe a foreigner slogan. I've
0: searched every street of this cold, wicked yeah. city. I don't know where else she could go. I've heard that he's treating her well and she's happy. I'll believe it when she tells me so.
1: And obviously, the guy playing Alfie here, he's the best singer in the whole bunch. The dude can actually
2: sing. He's got a good voice. Yeah, I don't think everybody else sang for themselves, but I think the only person who didn't is, um, what was it, Mary Catherine Stewart? Really? The That's main like, act, BB? She didn't sing? No, I don't believe so, because one of the trivia things I found, which threw me for a loop, said that composer George Clinton, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I hold did on the same thing, second. too, when I saw it, I, was like, I was like, wow, 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 yippee oh, yippee <laughs> Yeah, there's no way P Funk thing to do with this garbage. But no, this is a different George Clinton. This is George S Clinton. Clinton. (laughs) All right. Apparently, this guy uh, he discovered the woman who did her singing voice at some like club or something. That song that he sings right there, I want to say that's probably the most effort they put into any song on the
1: soundtrack. I agree. It's it's a well written song. You know, It it has like a full orchestration,
2: and you know,
1: yeah. It's like I said. It's, it's to me, it's, it's the standout song. It, it still gets a little crazy lyrically in there, which is just the running thing in this. It's like they try to cram way too many words. They make everything real wordy, and uh, this one's a little more pulled back and actually has a sense of melody to it. So yeah, I, I like this one. I just I love the fact too that when Alfie's in the studio, you know, it shows him they're like in the console and they're looking at him. He just really looks constipated when he's singing the song. Oh, where is it gone? <laughs> <laughs> and then the producers yeah. the producers don't really like his track, you know, they say, you know, yeah, uh, you, you need to listen to more modern stuff and write, you know, what people are liking now. So he gets mad and runs off. And this is where Alfie's kind of hanging out and he gets a ticket as well for not wearing a bim mark. And during this process, (laughs) this is where an overhead speaker, which are set up everywhere in the towns, announces that it's BIM time. So everybody has to stop what they're doing and start dancing to the BIM song. This is how ridiculous this movie is. I mean, they even show like a doctor in here doing surgery. He stops performing surgery. (laughs) So they can all dance. Well, there are <laughs> firefighters that are, like, putting out a fire.
2: <laughs> uh, sorry about your family, you know, but it was it was it's Bim, Bim, it's Bim 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 Yeah, Bim MacLock.
1: <laughs> you got some nuns that are walking along, and they're all proper, and then they break off and do the dance, and they go right back to being proper. It's that kind of silly stuff. And, and it kind of pulls you in. I, I think that's the thing about this movie, too. It's like some of the ideas here are pretty good. They just... Hang on to them too long. You know, the ideas of the doctors and the firefighters stopping and breaking off into a dance for 20 seconds, fine. But this thing goes on for like the length of the regular song. It's like four and a half minutes. You're like, <laughs> do we really have to have all this? Uh, and at this point, they show uh, Alfie walking around. He's seeing BB everywhere on posters, right? So she's now the next big thing. And she's having a concert, and he decides he's going to go try to catch her and tell her that he still loves her and wants to work out something or. Warn her of the dangers that she's in, all that kind of good stuff. He's planning to go to the concert and catch up with her. At this point, BB's getting so popular that now Dandy and Pandy are getting a little jealous. You know, her success is really hurting theirs. Uh Alfie shows up and uh he sees Dandy and they start getting into a little bit of a fight and then the but those bodyguards that have the werewolf teeth, they push Dandy in the car and they rough up Alfie quite a bit. You saw
2: the 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 it look like Michael Rooker is a bulldog. Yeah, yeah those bodyguards? Yeah. That's a very good description. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like Michael Rooker uh, with the shaved head and all, but they had those yeah. bottom those bottom jaw bulldog teeth. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, you know, then they rough him up, and then Boogaloo and Shake come walking out. They see him laying there, and they just say, you never learn, do you, and walk by. So back at the pad now, uh, you've got uh, Bebe's all mad because she's wanting to see Alfie. They've kind of built this wall around her so nobody can get to her. But So now we get a a love song where BB's singing a song about Alfie. And it's not bad. It's very Olivia Newton-John kind of singing, almost kind of hopelessly devoted kind of song from Greece or whatever. But (laughs) while it's going on, It cuts to Alfie walking back home. He's all beat up, and (laughs) I love it. There's a break in the song where there's like a guitar solo. So they're singing this song back and forth. He's walking on the way back, and when he gets into his apartment, the guitar solo kicks in. So he has enough time to like sit down and grab a drink. (laughs) Takes a couple of drinks, puts the top back on, walks over to the window. And goes right back to singing again. So It's like, <laughs> yeah, I've got a break in the song right here, so I can. Uh, I'm just going to pad this a little bit. <laughs> Seriously, man, watch. Go back and watch that again. You're like, wow, they totally instead of just leaving the guitar solo out of it and just have him, you know, in ten seconds maybe go to the window or something. No, man, he sits there doing the whole guitar solo, then gets up. It's like, wow, that's uh, that's not thinking things. I need through. to rewatch. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh it cuts to Alfie waking up the next morning. And obviously he's roughed up. And then the landlady's there again. And she's like, oh, did you try to kill yourself? And all this kind of stuff. And she tells him he ought to go try to find her, right? So uh Alfie shows up at the the place where they had the big party when they first, you know, ran all these people. And uh He's going and asking for them to release B.B. from her con- contract. And uh, when he goes to see Bugalo, and Bugalo turns around in his chair, guess what? He's the glittery Satan with the one horn <laughs> with the bugle on his head again. And Alfie looks like he's... Uh, seeing impaired (laughs) because everyone now is the cross dresser you got the one dude in the leopard jacket but he looks like Marilyn Manson did you see that guy come through there it's like wow that's dead up Marilyn Manson man
2: oh yeah but between this and Phantom of the Paradise Manson borrowed heavily (laughs) uh so you know now we're walking around we're looking for for
1: Bibi and and now Pandy is leading uh Alfie around and she's giving give him a drink and this song right here man I was really shocked as well, when this song just starts off, because of just the content of what we're singing about here, it's uh its pretty straightforward, and it goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming,
0: I'm coming. Two samples come of
1: that one on <laughs> i right, just let it play <laughs> <laughs> coming, Everybody! Coming
2: and right, it goes on forever and and what you what you're not what the people aren't saying um with the song is it, it's like every roommate to is like a giant uh uh, I don't know, partially clothed orgy going on. Oh, yeah,
1: there's orgies going on everywhere at this point. And this is the, the part of the movie where you just kind of go, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Did this just turn into a 70s porn all of a sudden? I mean, even this song is – I mean, this is like – again, I brought the Donna Summer thing earlier, and this is definitely a Donna Summer-style song because – You go back and listen to some of her early stuff, it was very sexually driven. But this is like straight up, this is a song that would be in a a (laughs) 70s porn. I mean,
2: it's you can tell this was shot in the late 70s and released in 80 because the styles and the, the music and everything it has a lot of the disco feel to it oh man it's like here's the thing guys uh, it's like <laughs> i'm going to pitch this movie to you it's 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 an it's a basically a biblical allegory set during a, you know like a glam rock disco-y, futuristic 1994 and even though we're going to have all these really heavy bible overtones we're going to have this song about just banging right in the middle like a... <laughs> Seven-minute song about banging, and people are gonna be banging everywhere. Just, I mean. It's Sodom and Gomorrah, and we don't. Yeah, we want them to know exactly what we're saying about.
1: <laughs> no sexual innuendos here. We're just gonna say it. What can you do? The the orgy dance, man. So right in the middle of this song, there's a big instrumental part, and there's like 15 beds lined up, and people, you know, guys and girls doing all these poses. Basically, looking like a uh, six-position chart—that's <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then after the song, Alfie makes his break, and he busts through a window. I guess uh, it's a glass door. I guess I, it doesn't really tell you he's under <laughs> the influence, but he breaks through the glass nah. and sees the uh, dandy and and BB in the bed together, and. uh she tells him go away. Who are you? Go away. Which we already know that's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> it's not like this has been 15 years down the road. This has only been a matter of a few months. Uh, so, you know, it's, I said, was it real? So it's almost like, was he hallucinating? Was he still under? Was she still on top of him in the other room when she's singing to him? Who knows at this point? All we know <laughs> is when he wakes up, he's in yeah. the park, and David Crosby walks up to him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Yep. So, in the middle of 1994, we've got basically a hippie convent that's just living out in the parks. Straight out of the 60s, man. I mean, they're still in 60s regalia. Dude with a sitar. I mean, it's straight up hippieville.
2: It looks like Woodstock. Fires burning
1: everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, here we go. Here's that story of... You know the life we lead and the material things or the evil and the hippie way of life is the way we should all be, and so you're kind of getting this forced down your throat, so they're trying to make this kind of social statement here and whoopee to do right uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to sleep around with a bunch of people that never take baths, go around ahead, man. I got other things to do. What a silly movie to have a message in <laughs> and that's the thing is they're really trying to drive this you know this moral statement. But it's just in the weirdest way. It's like trying to solve the world's problems in an H.R.
2: Puffin stuff episode. (laughs) Uh. I thought it was around the point that uh, Pandy. Yeah, she's. she's, uh, Well, she ends up telling B.B. Like go back to Alfie. Yeah. And and, uh, it's weird because I don't really. It doesn't. Ever establish why she has a change of heart or anything like that. She just, she just tells her that you know you belong to Alfie. You belong together. Well, you know why? She just slept with him the night before. uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I can think. of like, wait a minute, you just slept with this dude singing your song to him, and then now you're saying, hey, honey, you need to leave this place and go back with him because he's got something. I guess I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out myself. (laughs) I never thought of it like that, but yes, yeah, she's, she's like, "Girl, you go back to the uh, man." That's yeah, right. It's too late for me, but you can make a break. So she tries to sneak her out, and in the process of doing so, she gets BB turn free, and then Shake slaps Pandy in the face, and then we get uh, we get another big song here. So Pandy all of a sudden has had this huge change of heart in a matter of a night. <laughs> And uh, I said it right here. I said, Pandy sings an emotional song about being changed. I said, she's got Alfie disease. (laughs) He then laid her to pipe, and now she's like, yep. Now I'm missing out on life's good things. I'm stuck here with Dandy, which he is not. (laughs) I mean, we've seen the banana hammock. (laughs) So Bibi goes back oh, to man. back to the apartment where Alfie was living, and he's not there anymore. But the landlady says that he's out with the hippies, <laughs> so go find him. So Bibi runs into
2: David Crosby. How, how does she? How does she know? Like, how did she? Because I mean, he, I, I I know this movie not the kind of movie you ask a bunch of questions, but like, he never told her where he was going. No,
1: he just he was at uh, he was out there with Pandy and got it on, and then he just woke up in the park. I mean. How would how would Jewish landlady know that
2: bizarre? There was a transference of energy that makes them psychic bonded through her knockers. <laughs> <laughs> when he groped her.
1: Oh man, that's that's a good idea. I don't know if that's right, but <laughs> we'll run with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then BB is out. To, she goes under the bridge. Oh, bridge down, down, and uh, David Crosby is waiting on her and uh, he leads her to Alfie and and then we get another fantastic song where the hippies all sing the song called child of love yikes child of love child of love child of love, child of love. Child of love. Oh, i can't do it
2: it's awful. It's like if Christopher Lee were a puppet.
0: And
1: I love it, just in the middle of the song, they start hearing the marching coming. So they just cut the song out. It's not like they're out in the middle of nowhere. You hear all the string ensemble and everything going on. But as soon as you hear the marching, they just stop and the music stops. You're like... How weird, because you get this huge sounding music going on, and it just stops. It's like, wait a minute, if they were out in the forest singing this, it just sounds like a bunch of hippies going, child of love, child of
2: love. (laughs) It's terrible. I'm telling you, dude, it's it's like the Muppet versus Christopher Lee.
1: Let's hear it again. Child of love, (laughs) child of love. (laughs) (laughs) Chowder <laughs> <laughs> love. love. I mean, <laughs> well, matter if you on key. Don't worry about
0: it. love. love.
2: <laughs> love. love. <laughs> <Jive of> love. <laughs> <laughs> <Jive of> love. <laughs> Mr. Crack. No, he, uh, the, when this dude first talked, when he came on screen, almost didn't even seem real. Like, he has a very weird voice in general. Yeah. <laughs> it just caught
1: me off guard. Uh, it was very. But no, that's his voice. <laughs> it's kind of like very, very Peter Ustinoff sounding or something. It's very distinct. You know, like you said, almost like. Uh, overdubbed heavily <laughs> at this point, it basically has flashed a year later. So BB and, and Alfie have been in this hippie convent for a year and she's had a baby, but it's only been a year, but the kid looks like it's three years old. So I still haven't figured that one out yet either. Oh, dude, <laughs> that is a straight up toddler, man. <laughs> uh, we've been out here for a year. That kid, that kid could drive a power wheel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big kid, man. But the BIM guards show up to yeah. round up all the hippies, and here comes Boogaloo, and he, they're looking for a BB because she owes them $10 million, you know, because of skipping her contract and stuff. So they arrest all the hippies, right? And when they're walking them to be arrested, <laughs> this is the, the M. Night Shyamalan point of the movie, where you get the twist. <laughs> what a twist. What a twist. Up in the sky, (laughs) there comes a Rolls Royce (laughs) floating in the sky. (laughs) And dude gets out of it and walks down to Earth. Basically, he's supposed to be God. So here you go. You got the devil versus God right here in this one little location. Basically, what it comes down to is he's coming down to take all the hippies to heaven. (laughs) So, uh, the, uh, the car that was there because they're hippies they're they're not used to transportation the car floats off empty <laughs> so he makes all the hippies walk to heaven <laughs> <laughs> even though he showed up in a rolls royce <laughs> and uh pandy decides yeah, to- it's really it's <laughs> pandy decides to join him so she's <laughs> She's going to heaven too. And then the uh, the guy that's supposedly God looks at buglo and, and is like, So what are you gonna do? Just start all over again? And he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna find some place where you can't affect them. He's like, Well, you know you can't do that without me. So there you go. It's it's you know, good versus evil, God versus the devil. Uh <laughs> but just like just like here on earth, you don't let scummy hippies ride in your Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, man. And that's how this movie ends, man. And then right after that, you get the Apple song again.
0: A magic Apple, Mystery Apple, <laughs> take a little ride, let me be your guide, through the Apple Paradise,
1: <laughs> <laughs> through the Apple through Paradise. paradise. <laughs> I like when he says, uh, we put our apple eye <laughs> on you. And I'm like, what? Put put, our, put the apple <laughs> eye on you. What? <laughs> okay, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there is something that keeps pulling you back to watch this movie, just like a car wreck. You don't want to see it, but you have to look anyways. It's one of those scenarios. Uh, that, my friends, is the apple. And if, if that wasn't a very good description of it, Johnny and I have been talking. I thought we were actually going to do a, a movie commentary for this one, because... There's just way too much crap in this movie to even capture in a show. So, uh, But we both really felt like this is a good return to form for this show, is to to dive into this movie. Uh, Johnny, uh, what did you learn from this movie,
2: man? Did you learn anything? Uh, Good lessons I learned from a bad movie. Um, Well, this movie... It definitely curbed my addiction to stickers because uh, <laughs> they made they made decals and stickers of all sorts just seem really unhip. <laughs> Man,
1: if you have a nice car, you just you still don't really hippie ride in them, no matter what what decade you're in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even if they're a child of love, a <laughs> child
1: of love, <laughs> that may be our closing song from now on. <laughs>
2: Um, I, one other good lesson from this movie is to never ask questions? Because I feel like every time a question was asked, it broke into a really bad dance and song number. Oh, yeah. Yep, just keep your mouth shut. Avoid the songs. <laughs> what about uh, what about any were they thinkments? Uh,
1: well, it's a canon film, so there you go. <laughs> it is one big. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, the, the the whole dialogue. I mean, it's bad enough that the songs are bad, but the whole hors d'oeuvre scene and all that stuff, it's just like, who who thought about making this scene? What you, what were you guys thinking when you said, oh, this would be a pivotal scene in this movie, Banana Hammock?
2: Oh, man. There were, <laughs> oh, yeah. There were a lot of scenes in this movie where the camera's focal point would be like on a lot of crotches. And yeah, one scene where all the crotches had, like, Tassels and streamers coming from them. <laughs> I'm you placed them there. It was the it was the only place on the costume that had streamers and tassels was the crotch. <laughs> I'm like, that just seems like really piss poor placement.
1: Well, of course, I know this is a musical, which I hate to begin with uh, because they they make everything so literal. So I do these shows at high schools with high school kids, and they will act out these songs or whatever. So say you're doing Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks or whatever, and they feel like that everything that's in the song, you have to have a can of peas on the stage and all this stuff, you know, because it's in the song. Same deal here, man. It's that, what what were you thinking is like, do you literally have to have a cockeyed vampire just because you say vampire in the (laughs) song? I mean, (laughs) does it have to be that literal, you know?
2: Oh, man. Why would you upgrade this? I don't know
1: that you can. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a lost cause, man. <laughs>
2: Looser pants?
1: Pandy I don't song, know. that, 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 that be a good songs? start. <laughs> more pandy songs. <laughs>
2: where she's more literal of what she's actually going to do to people. I think, you know, one upgrade that this movie really could have, it would make it a completely different movie, is uh, if they had the actual George Clinton in this. <laughs> yes! Doing the music instead of George S. Clinton, I think the, this movie would have so much more potential. Why should I chase the cat? That's that's actually so. Pretty, where does this sit good. on the bus for you?
1: You know what? I'm going to put this in. Believe it or not, right in the middle of the bus. So I'd make it what third seat, something like that. Third seat, man. That's
2: exactly where I'd put it. Yeah, because I, it's it's entertaining and it's not a movie that. Yeah, uh, that like I couldn't go back and rewatch it. I don't hate this movie. It's one of those that I
1: feel like I don't want to rewatch. But if 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 I ever catch a clips of it, I'm gonna sit and watch the rest of it because <laughs> I want to see the hippies walk to heaven.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a really truncated version of like a Bible story. I want to watch the hippies walk to heaven. <laughs> Oh, man. Two little pieces of trivia about this movie um, okay. that I read, and I thought they were pretty pretty both sad and interesting. Um, one of them is, I guess they handed, they said cassettes, I guess soundtrack cassettes out at one of the premiere screenings of this, and the audience was actually throwing it so much, so many of the cassettes at the screen that it damaged the, the theater screen. And... <laughs> Which, you know, would be awesome to be at a, like a, a pawn shop or somewhere and find a cassette soundtrack of this. <laughs> that that would be amazing. That's incredible. I mean, you think about
1: at a setting like that, you're you're giving out these cassettes. Oh, yeah, man, it's going to be
2: the greatest thing. <laughs> They're just chucking them at the screen. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, th- this movie, um, I guess the, the screening that Menahem Golan actually was present at, I guess the, the movie was laughed at through almost the, its entirety, yeah. and it wasn't taken seriously. I guess the uh, he went back to his hotel room and was going to jump off the balcony, and his friends had to stop him. Wow. <laughs> like, that's how much he had invested of his heart into this movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, man. Man, I, I just,
1: again, you, you just wonder about, you know, there's always a story about, you know, because I'm a big Kiss fan, and they did one album called The Elder, which is a bat-crap crazy album. Critics love it. Fans absolutely hated it back in the day. But it's so pretentious and so out of character, and that's the way this movie kind of feels. Yeah, how do you not know? Were the people around you just not brave enough to say, when you're making it, going, you know, this is probably not a good idea. This is It's not looking well. The songs are not good. If somebody would give them some reality of you know those kind of that kind of encouragement instead of you know what, what it ended up being yeah where's that honesty to to, <laughs> to make you not
2: want to jump off a building cool well, well the weird thing too is this isn't this is kind of in the infancy of uh, canon films so yeah, yeah I mean this isn't this, this is, yeah, they, weren't, they, they weren't even at the point yet of of just you know yeah so I mean for um, I, maybe this was just one of his like, I don't know like one of their like, First things that they were going into, and they thought it was going to be like their big, I don't know, kind of like over the top was going to be their answer to Rocky. Maybe they thought this was going to be like their answer to Rocky Horror or something. And when people laughed at it, they were like, exactly right, just shattered. And that's the way these guys thought, and that's why it didn't
1: last very long, and they would just. Throw money around, you know. This is going to be the, the biggest thing. You know what would be bigger than Rocky? A movie about arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. You, did you really think about what you just said? You know. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, because you and I both know, we both love some canon. I mean, Ninja 3, all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. The breaking movies. Chainsaw 2. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some gold in there. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, again, folks, the Electric Boogaloo, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it uh, it just it's mind blowing to see a company rise and fall so fastly <laughs> uh, all right man we're going to oh, take yeah. a short break we will be right back get out of the way
2: This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to The Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, LegionPodcasts.com. The Psychosemantic Podcast.
1: Hey, you guys! All right, folks, that's going to do it for uh, the return of Short Bus here. We haven't done anything in a while, but uh, we're planning on doing a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Again, on the Facebook page, if you have ideas for some movies that you want us to cover, feel free to share them on there, and uh, we'll do our best to to tackle them. But uh, we're going to do some other resources as well for some of this. Like we said, we want to do a commentary for a few of these as we go along. So if you've got requests for Johnny and I to do some commentaries on some of your favorite bad films. Hey, we're up for that. Ain't that right, Johnny?
2: Oh yeah! I actually, um, we might put it out there for the next episode on Facebook and just see if people have any suggestions for this next one coming up. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we're open to uh,
1: the next episodes. Just uh, we, we've kind of got a blank slate here, but we're we're ready to to get back into this and have some fun. And that it has been, man. I've I've enjoyed getting back together and talking about this stuff. I'm looking forward to see what's next.
2: I I think this was a great one to come back with. <laughs> I mean. It, we were kind of Bim in a way. I mean, you know, for the, the longest time, telling people we were coming back, we were on our way. But uh, right. Bim is back. Bim, Bim
1: is back. <laughs> Bim, Bim all the way. Just like a hippie walking to heaven, we, we're returning
2: home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be awesome. Like days of our lives. Like like, like <laughs> saying through the hourglass, like a hippie walking to heaven. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. Child of love.
1: Child of love. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, take care of yourself. Like I said, jump on Facebook page. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And uh, we'll try to keep you informed of things that are coming up. Till then, Johnny, enjoy it, buddy. And uh, we'll do it again. Oh, yeah. See you later. Ciao.
0: Peace. Child of love. Child of love, 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 child of love. love,